Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician. Each season of Dissect dives deep into one album, examining the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. We've covered albums by Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, just to name a few, and our brand new season just launched all about Radiohead's 2007 masterpiece, In Rainbows. Listen to Dissect on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because great art deserves more than a swipe. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome into the Ringiverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are. Join me, the explainer, General. You've got questions. He's got answers. We are. Steve, the architect, almond, the builder, and tinker of things. We are. Old Man Van, he of the receding, resurgent hairline. And we are Coke Baby Chuck, a.k.a. the 24 Care Closer, a.k.a. the Brunch Hottie. Together we are known as the Midnight Boys. Follow us on socials, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Save Jomi's job. Be careful out there on socials. (laughs) All right. I'm just saying, a lot of a lot of stuff out there to bring you down, man. Be careful. Let's move. I'm just saying, bro. Love to everyone out there. Jomi, give us a give us an update on socials. I've seen you do something interesting here. I've seen you prioritize yourself on socials. I've seen Jomi in Mm. a lot of TikToks, a lot of reels. You're kind of Mm -hmm. using this to propel your own brand. Talk about Jomi all up in the videos. All up in the videos. So this is this is I'm really glad you brought this up, man. This is great. Because Make not only do when I'm like, hey guys, do you guys want to do videos? Uh in the text thread, I get ghosted, right? And so now if I don't make the videos, then no one makes the videos. You see what I'm saying? And I have a job to do. You understand what you you feel me? Right? I gotta make content. So you're not Nobody trying to put is- yourself on, Jomi. No, some I gotta make content. If nobody else is gonna make the content, here I am. You know what I mean? So 
It's not ideal, but it is what it is. If, you know, if Jomi gets TikTok famous, he's gonna leave this us be so, so fucking quick, yo. Like he's gonna so, just act like you're gonna get into a TikTok house and act like you don't fucking know us. Jomi, what TikTokers are you gonna be going on the house with? I'm, I'm not. No, nah, first of all, I'm not a team player like that. First of all, <laughs> let me be very clear. I'm gonna get a brand deal. You know, gonna sign like a couple good brand deals, and I'm out of there. Goodbye. Okay. Or you'll never hear or see from me ever again. Yeah, I know who you're gonna be. You're gonna be with some of those girls doing some of those dances. TikTok is a talking about place, girls. Man. I'm gonna derail this so quickly. How many oysters do you think you would have got through before you had to leave, uh, bro? I, look, what? the, the oyster situation. The oyster situation. I'm being so serious is, right now, dude. The third plate. I'm, I mean, I'm out of there. Like the third plate of oysters. I'm gone. <laughs> it, it's, such to, it's such to the point that I have problems believing that's a real story. I watch you suck down one full plate of oysters. When the second one comes, I'm like, nigga, I know you ain't getting no more oysters. (laughs) And it's not even about the case. It's not even about the case. Are you kidding me? It's the slurping. I can't. The slurping. The side was was gross. The side was gross. I don't know if y'all have ever been to Atlanta, but ain't no beaches there. Them oysters had to travel, baby. (laughs) Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, look. uh, The oysters didn't look that fresh enough to be like, Doing 48, and then by the second crab cake, I like I'd be like, yo, what are we bro? No, no, it's it's 48 oysters, and then like, all right, um, all right, let me get started with my meal. Let me get out of there. Potatoes and all of that stuff. She was going She's got an addiction, she's got a problem. (laughs) God bless her. Um reminders reminders. Okay. Uh, on Saturday, Jess Clemens brings you splash page with Easter eggs on the latest episode of Loki. Tune in to Splash Page with Jess Clements. Shout out to her. Monday, Button Mash returns to revisit Insomniac's Spider-Man in anticipation of the sequel, the much ballyhooed Spider-Man sequel. That's how my pre-order today, man. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I'm locked in. Wow. Joe, me excited about it. I excited, brother. October 20th hits. Don't hit my line. Don't call me. I am a ghost. Okay. Right. I'm also playing Spider Man 2. House of R will give you their deep dive into Loki. You can also find them uh, doing other stuff over there on the House of R podcast feed. Chuck Wagon's got something to say as well. Oh, uh, yeah. If y'all have ever wondered, you know, Charles works at the Ringer. I feel really bad for whoever has to manage that motherfucker. That sounds terrible. It is, but I want to send a special shout out to Justin Sales because he has a new Ringer podcast coming out. Mm. First episode, October 17th, called The Wedding Scammer. Oh, my God. So if, you, if you've Ooh, ever been good. scammed by, a, yeah. by a, anybody in the wedding world, if you're into true crime, fucking plug. This is going to be one of the best true crime pods this year, October 17th. Subscribe right now wherever you get your podcast. Let me tell you something. Shout out to Justin, who um, looks like he could play like, you guys ever meet Justin? Justin looks like he could play the tough white guy that is in a group of black guys in the movie, in the hood movie. <laughs> Justin kind of, he does. I'll fuck with Justin Heavy. I was, I've been in and around the office as Jomi has when Justin's been making this. Y'all, this is going to destroy you guys. It's going to knock your goddamn socks it's real off. Good. It is going to. It's a nuts um, story. As long as we're talking about uh, people from the office, I would like to shout out Dan from the office. Uh, Dan from the Ringer came to the house last weekend for football, 
Steve did not come. Said he was going to come and then didn't come. I had, I had plans. Bullying Steve. Didn't happen. That's like, not going to happen, Charles. I'm just going to let that ride. Whatever. Okay. Dan came over, and I want to say something real quick. It was me, Dan, and Jomi, and Kalika. Dan is a copy editor over at The Ringer. Very nice guy. Hanging out. Cool. Great guy. Them hot wings was kicking Dan's fucking ass. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, where'd you get them from? Where'd you get them from? We got them from American Deli. Uh, our new oh. spot, American Deli. Uh, obviously, if you from Atlanta, you know American Deli. We are haven't they, had American Deli. Were the Deli. wings really hot, or was were not they white really, hot? not really good Damn. though? Real like, good. They, they weren't really hot. I got the chili flavored, and then I think we got because we you can get a mild with the lemon flavored, and then I got a regular hot, but mm. they're not super hot. Dim huh. wings was whooping Dan. <laughs> yes. Was he sweating? Brother, he had to he had to take the napkin and wipe his wipe his oh, brows, nah. bro. Yeah, y'all had this white man come over your house. You didn't get him some like really mild wings. Yo, oh no, we God. had regular we had regular lemon pepper over there too. We had four different flavors, but but he was getting his ass kicked. He's like, no, no, it's hot. It was I was hot before. I was working out before I came here. I was working out with wings. He was he was sweating. He also just got to keep it all the way real. Dan, you're my guy. You're officially in the crew now that you've been getting made fun of. You made a couple of trips to the bathroom, too. Nah. <laughs> Damn. Wow. We were Damn. like, don't jump me. Am I bullshitting? You're not lying. You're not lying. <laughs> shout out shout to Dan, out Dan Comer, though, Shout man. out Dan, man. Shout out. Shout out Dan. Dan, my guy, bro. We had so much fun, man. Football on the weekend over at the Lathan House. Let's get into Loki season two. We have an MCU spoiler, guys, and that's going to spoil everything that you've seen in the MCU up to this point. Later on, we might even spoil some of your hopes for the Marvels movie. But until then, <laughs> oh God, we're going to spoil Jeez, everything no. you've seen. You've seen up to this point everything from Loki season one. Steve, give me my spoiler warning. We're getting ready to talk about ah, Loki. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. Can't talk about it without you knowing about it to put you in the know is Chuck Wagon. Gonna give you the Midnight Manifest. Chuck, take it away. This is your Midnight Manifest for Loki Episode 2, Breaking Brad, directed by Dan Dulu, written by Eric Martin. Loki and Mobius hunt down X5, who has resumed his old life as Brad Wolf, an actor in a new movie, Zaniac. Brad was sent by Doctor's Faction to find Sylvie, but he ends up abandoning his post. Loki, Mobius, and B-15 try to interrogate Brad about Sylvie's whereabouts, but the rogue hunter gets under Mobius' skin, questioning why the analyst isn't curious about the life the TVA took from him. Mobius reveals to Loki that he's afraid his old life was good and will make him reevaluate everything he knows. The duo commiserate over key lime pie and come up with a plan to torture the information out of Brad. Successful, Loki and Mobius take Brad to the McDonald's that Sylvie is working at, but the Loki variant doesn't want anything to do with our Loki. Meanwhile, B-15 and Casey visit Obi, who tells them he's kicked out of the TVA system, and the only one who could get him back is He Remains, who is dead, 
or the rogue AI, Miss Minutes. Back at McDonald's, Mobius learns from Brad that Doc's plans to destroy all of the branch timelines. Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie are too late to stop Doc's, and a majority of the branch timelines get pruned. Sylvie balks at the TVA's failure and returns to McDonald's, leaving our Loki alone. And that has been your Midnight Manifest for Breaking Brad, episode two of Loki. All right, Loki season two, episode two. We liked episode one. What did we like about episode two, Chuck Wagon? Guys, I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're two for two. Oh my God. I was so, I was so nervous. I was so nervous saying, like, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm so surprised as y'all are, but I was digging this fucking episode. I was, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if my mindset has changed. I don't know what's happening, but. I really like that this is a workplace comedy. I just think it is so funny. Every single character, they have their moment. This show is so well-designed. I wanted to eat that key lime pie. So wait, really quick, before I keep going, was the actual key lime pie nasty? Because did y'all notice Tom Hiddleston wasn't really eating the pie? He was well, eating they the were that's, that's clearly a fake key it's lime pie. pie. It's, it's a, a prop, prop pie. pie. And there's like they bits of- prop pie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly. But there's like a bit of real pie like next to it that no, you no, can no. actually I, eat. Uh, no, Steve, there's no pie there. It's fake yeah. pie and whipped cream well, because he's, every, he's just licking his spoon. It, yeah, it's just the, the whipped cream that he's in. Yeah. The problem but, is, I mean, like, again, I don't want to get into it. Like, but I'm watching. I'm like, brother, eat the pie. You're just eating the whipped cream. There's a whole bunch of pie there. You're not even touching the pie. You know, you, you do know though that key lime pie sometimes there's a some math equation of key lime pie mm. to where you get the perfect amount of sweetness yeah. with the perfect amount of lime taste. Because that sometimes tartness, you can yeah. get a, lime, a key lime pie. That's a little too tart. Way too rich. And then that ruins it. But you got to have a sweeter key lime pie. And that works. So he might have, they might have fucked up the pie. They might have, it might have been too tart or too tangy. And Hiddleston was like, fuck all this. I can't. I mean, to be fair, for a pie that was sitting in a box possibly all day for several days, that was looking pretty good. Here's the thing the other thing I wanted to know about is like, we only see the TV, like we see the 1% of the TVA who got like the good jobs. Can you imagine if you were like a variant and your whole life gets fucked so you could just be like making key lime pies all day? Just mm. because somebody's got to make the food at the TVA. Mm. So somebody like hijacks Kate, Cake Boss off the timeline and yeah, they every, just make it, got him making desserts. Everybody has wow. a job. I like Cake Boss. I, I did like this episode. Couple of interesting things. Number one, Obviously, this has a slightly different tone, both visually and I would say beat to beat than yeah. Loki season one, which yes. seemed to be a little bit more uh, wondrous, eclectic, ethereal, uh, shrouded in mystery. But a lot quirky. of that probably quirky. A lot of that also had to do with the fact that we were being introduced into this world where time didn't really work uh, in the conventional way. Uh, almost a new version of the Loki character. We were getting used to all of these variants. It was all very, very avant-garde. We're a little bit used to that now. So I think that the creative team of Loki actually made the right decision by not leaning so much into that 
and saying, okay, you understand this. Now let's give you a story you can sink your teeth into a little bit more. And I think that that's, that's happening here. Uh, Kalika, who watches these shows with me, actually has been enjoying season two of Loki more than season one. Now, I'm not about to compare the seasons. We're two episodes in uh, and whatever. Loki season one was a masterpiece. But for her, it's probably a little bit more accessible Mm. Uh, than the first season was. So I'm wondering, you know, how that's working for some people. I know that there have been some people that have had the exact opposite reaction to where they felt like the first season was a little bit more adventurous, a little bit more out there, a little bit grander. And this is a smaller version, but I'm loving the new characters that have been introduced. Uh, I'm loving Loki going back uh, to, to meet Sylvie again. I'm really into the show right now. Strong second episode as well. Mint Boys, what you got? And really enjoying it, man. Like you like you mentioned, I think the part of the show that I'm really enjoying the most is the Loki-Mobius relationship. You know, it's really like a buddy cop show. And we're watching these two dudes travel through time, travel through the, the multiverse and like try and solve crimes, which is awesome. I'm having a blast. The, the, the key line pie scene is great, you know? It's just a moment of like true vulnerability between the two guys. Ramobi's like, hey, you know, he actually did get under my skin after all the line I was telling you earlier. Look, he's like, hey, man, I've been there. You know, I took over New York and, you know, try to take over, you know, try to kill Tony Stark, the whole thing. That's, you know, such, I, a, that's such a great, like, revisionist history of being like, oh, yeah, I just had a little hissy fit and try to take over <laughs> Earth. I'm like, no, you were legit beefing with Thor and your dad and yeah. like. <laughs> you know, well, well, can I ask you guys a question? Though. That doesn't bother you when they do stuff like that. I know that I, I keep going back to this. Well, that doesn't bother you when they I, do stuff like that. I know what? it's common. So here's the thing about the comic books that, to me, still doesn't translate over into the movies and the television shows. In the comic books, you do a whole bunch. You do a terrible thing. Hey, I turned into the Dark Phoenix. I almost destroyed the world. Blah blah blah. Now I'm regular Gene. It's okay, right? Um, and 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 it's just the way that it works. But, like, when you watched it, I don't want to make jokes about, like, what happened in New York. There was right. a lot of carnage. <laughs> like, it was like, you know, Here's my it thing. Was like Here's my thing. A lot of people died. Oh, my God. Fucking people right. had dust all over their face. It was a lot of carnage. I don't want to make jokes about it. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. At least as far as the MCU is concerned, when Tony Stark hand-waved Ultron in Civil War to be like, my fault, like, it was over from there. Like, there's point, no Steve. point. This there's no point. point at which any villain, hero, or otherwise can see a thing that we saw and be like, well, crazy time, right? Let me, Again, like, let me, let me tell you this. Steve, Steve thinks Steve, Tony creating Ultron is the worst thing that anybody's ever done in the MCU. Tony should be in jail. It's, it's okay. worse than Thanos snap. I'm not going to. Okay. Tony so, should be in jail. So, Ultron is like top three, top five territory if we're going to be. All right. So, but let me tell you the difference, though. Let me tell you the difference, though. It's a difference when you create something and then it goes to an unintended place. Like you create the AI, the AI gets corrupted and it goes to an unintended place. But when you have every opportunity to not release that AI because Are you, you knew it wasn't that ready. Oppenheimer is 100% innocent. No, hold on. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer made what? a bomb and the bomb the purpose of the bomb was to kill hundreds of thousands of people. Ultron was supposed to be something that would protect 
people, yeah, and right. then it turned into a, a, a maniacal robot. Now, uh-huh. it, it, so now, it's all about the intent, is what you're saying. No, this I'm, is a I'm, very no, slippery no, slope. No, 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 like, what, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that Loki tried to take over the world, yes. and he <laughs> killed a bunch of people and destroyed parts of an American city. I will also say this: Bucky slightly slightly gets a pass because of the brainwashing situation. Yes. But the reality there is, nigga, you at least got to go to jail for like five years. Right? <laughs> like you got, I mean, you, you, don't you at least got to go to like, don't you at least have to go to jail for like five years, six for years, minimum security? No. Come no. on, man. For brain- he, was, he wasn't in, like, you get an insanity plea, that's get, fine. But like, if I'm a lawyer, if I'm working at like Murdoch and fucking Nelson, what I would argue is, is that the Winter Soldier... And Bucky Barnes are two complete different entities. They are not one in the same. Yeah. My, client, my, my client, my client was on Demon Time, Your Honor. Okay. You okay. are my two God. totally different entities. First of all, you, you, you're doing the Anakin Skywalker Darth Vader situation, <laughs> and it, it really don't matter. You held the lightsaber in your hand, my friend. Whoa! Go see it, it, those younglings. It is not the same thing. Bucky had no control. He got fucking brainwashed. What are we it, doing? I'm with you, it Charles, was, on and, this one. And that's why you have the court-mandated therapy sessions he was going to in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then he right. went to Wakanda, and then he was broken, and he got and he absolved himself and was better. Can I tell you something, though? You know what? And we have to really get back to Loki. But can I tell you something? You know what cuts against that for Bucky? Hmm. He didn't kill Steve. Man. We never, he was never ordered to kill Steve. Well, he couldn't whoa, kill Steve. Whoa, Steve well, he you, was ordered to kill Steve once, and he couldn't do it. Are you? He's not here. He's not there. He's standing like, right now. Like, you, you say, if, I, if I'm prosecuting Bucky Barnes, I'm like, hey, man, he 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 chopped up a lot of shield niggas. But when it came time what? to kill his boy, for some reason, he left him on the side oh, of the thing. It is Captain America, though. It is like, Captain America. It's not like you can't beat Captain America. Yo, he had the opportunity. Are y'all dead to rights? Are y'all shitting me? He had the opportunity opportunity to kill Captain America. He was dead. And he did not kill (laughs) him. He dragged him out the water. He he saved his life. Because it's his friend. Oh, that was when the brainwashing was starting to fade. No, yeah, no, it wasn't when the brainwashing. Yeah, no, y'all make it. No, it's not. Y'all like <laughs> y'all y'all good. Y'all good. But, oh, quick, real quick. I saw him at the gym. I saw him at the gym a couple Sebastian of days ago. Sebastian I saw Sebastian stand at the gym oh, a couple shit. of days ago. Yeah, he was at Equinox. That's sick. That's fire. They yeah, that so name. anyway, about um, Loki. <laughs> Back to Loki. Okay. Back to Loki. I thought uh, the stuff between Sylvie and Loki was also great. And that scene with uh, X5 and Mobius in the McDonald's, when he's like, hey, man, we got to go. Mobius like, just enjoy the meal. And you slowly but surely, it's like, yo, bruh, something is going on. Why do you want to leave so bad? And, like, I think the relationships, like, the characters are, like, on 10 this season. I'm really, really like what I'm seeing so far. I It's it, it's it's especially that. Uh, shout out to the actor that plays X5, Raphael Cassell. Like, he's incredible in this episode. And I genuinely think he might be, like, on, like, a star-making run for, like, his Marvel stuff. I genuinely It was his, it was his episode. It was, great. was great. It was so, was so, so great. good. And to the slight comparison, not comparison of seasons one and two, I think both of these work on opposite like spectrums because while we could say that season one is like an intimate character study of Loki, this is a very plot heavy and ticking time bomb uh, race against the clock story that 
is very informed by small intimate character interactions carrying over from season one. And it's done very well. They're complete, they're executed very differently, but still exceedingly well. Mm. When we come back to OB, it's, it's like, just it's like, we never left. Like, I'm like, I feel like I've been in a single season with OB already. Like I'm on board. Like they've really dropped these characters in a very immersive way. The story itself here, uh, it actually asks the watcher, the viewer, should I say, to do some heavy lifting, right? There's a lot going on. There are a lot of threads out there. I was so confused. Like, I at one point, I'm just like, I'm just going to just watch it. It's the techno it. babble. It's the like, oh, it, the tempad making the trackers not do the... Once I'm they like, start okay, talking that's about a the little... tempad and everything, I'm like, all right, man, y'all, y'all can have it. But to, to the season's credit, I love the characters and the humor and the world so much that on any other show, I would be like, oh, I'm going to turn this off. And the techno babble is just kind of like, you know what? It's whatever. They'll get back to like me understanding them in like five seconds. A pretty significant plot happening uh, takes place in this season. They essentially get back to pretty much the sacred timeline, which undoes a pretty important development from the end of the season last season. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, you know, number one, the moment came across really well on screen. You saw them mourn the lives that were lost. But if we're back to the sacred timeline, is that almost like a reset to the season before? Did they just punt on the chaos of the multiverse by doing that? I mean, I think if we're going to be real, the reason that Loki got a season two, besides it being one of the best of the MCU, and I think it was always kind of baked in. I think it's their right to be like, is are these branch timelines the most interesting part of this story? And I just don't actually think it is. The question that they are asking, I was the most enthralled during the key lime pie scene when Mobius is explaining why he does not want to understand or know what his other life was like. The science behind the branch timelines and what does it mean for the multiverse and all of that, like, I thought I cared. And the more I spend with these characters and the more I see X5 becoming Brad and realizing that, like, this is what he wants to do instead of the TVA, I'm like, no, that's more interesting. Than Let's stay the- here for a second. Let's stay here for a second because that's, that's a very profound observation. As the MCU has moved on, as it goes from this guy who uh, got taken captive and created this armor to save his life and then had this revelatory moment um, and decided he wasn't going to make weapons anymore as it went from there to gods in the sky to a guy who wants to kill half of all humanity to wizards to, uh, you know, we're going back in time. As it's gone forward, It's been difficult, in my opinion, for the MCU to get us interested in characters that they're adding to the saga. We spend a lot of time with those last characters, but it's almost like diminishing returns of how much we care about some of these characters. Like, we care about Doctor Strange, right? He got in at the right point. 
but not nearly as much as we cared about some of the other OG Avengers and some some people like in and around him, right? This show is taking the high lofty aspirations that you know have uh, evolved from the beginning of Marvel and kind of putting them in the back seat to doing something that all great media, cinema, content has to do, which is making us love the people on the screen. Not It's not about the Ten Rings. It's not about the Celestials. It's not about any of that stuff. You love OB. Brad is cool. Sylvie is a character that you're like, I want to see her happy. Loki, you want to see them reunited. When Mobius talks about the fact that he doesn't want his life back, you're thinking, oh my God, he doesn't want the jet ski anymore? Like, really, what's going on with him? It's an intimate story in a way that's really, really working. Charles, is this a new blueprint for the MCU? I mean, not necessarily new. They've already done it. But do you feel like this show is almost giving them an idea of how they should, like, approach these things moving forward. Maybe they got a little bit too big for their britches. I mean, I hope so. Like, I hope that they take the right lesson, which is exactly what you've you've laid out, which is these stakes, these more human and intimate stakes that are relatable will make us love these characters way more than just, hey, this character needs to get to this character to do this thing with this MacGuffin. What I'm worried about is the energy's not there. Where if Loki season two came out before Secret Invasion and Miss Marvel and Moon Knight, I think we would be having a different conversation about it because you wouldn't have as much as of the fatigue. And I'm I'm starting to feel like Loki season two and the reaction to it is less about whether people like this season of TV and more so like I'm so exhausted with all of this. If it's not moving the larger story forward, keep it. Which I actually like it. It, it, which sucks. I I, I I honestly feel like it it, it, enta- it for some critics it might actually be the opposite, where to the fact that like if you if we can't tell the difference between <laughs> what the better Marvel efforts are and what we think are the good ones, which obviously is subjective, it's a matter of opinion. But like for people like us that have been here since you know Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and we've seen it all. We know that Marvel can and has done a lot worse than this. And I genuinely don't know what we're like, what what we can expect from our expectations anymore, because as good as this can be, is it really going to move the needle for anybody's type of fatigue or does it genuinely have to be something different? I'm fully satisfied with what I'm getting out of Loki season two, though. You know what the thing about fatigue is? The only um, or remedy to fatigue is rest. Yeah. Like, w- whenever you're fatigued, doing more of the thing is not the, the answer to your fatigue, right? So if you're running, hey, I'm getting sick of running, let me run some more. You got to stop running. So if people have Marvel fatigue, and it's real true Marvel fatigue, the only thing that will remedy that is actually less Marvel stuff, Right? Or something that's so good that it re-energizes you. But I think sometimes we overestimate or we underestimate how good that thing would have to be. I think right now if Winter Soldier dropped, that it wouldn't make as much of a 
splash with some of the fan base because they are fatigued. They're yeah. literally fatigued. Some of this stuff is not as bad as we're making it, and some of this stuff might not be as good as we're making it. But if it's if the fatigue thing is true, then the only thing that's really going to get people out of that is taking a break from it. Loki right now is actually, you know, I know that there are critics out there that watch four episodes and there have been some, some mixed reviews coming in, but Loki right now is actually it's operating at a pretty high level. But people aren't going crazy at all. I, I don't know yeah. if it's just coming off a of soak or whatever, but uh, Jomi, do you see the buzz on Loki being crazy right now? No, uh, it's it's definitely muted. I, <clears throat> I'm, tr- I'm I'm trying to understand it with you guys because you know, like like Charles said, if this was you know maybe like a couple months, maybe like even a year, people be buzzing, be like, oh man, Bob was cooking. They got the gas. Let's go. We're here. But with this show, I guess after you know just the months and the the weeks of the content we've been getting, we finally get some good. But by by now we're like, all right, cool for sure. Thank you, thank you. You know, all right, cool. We we knew y'all could get here. What took y'all so long? You know what I mean? It's less of a celebratory type thing than it is like finally that you're finally back. Thank God, you know, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is at the end of the day. And you know, like we said, we're enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the fans are having a good time so far. So, you know, let's hopefully it keeps going. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Sylvie's back. Saw a little bit of Sylvie last episode, uh, but now Sylvie's back. Seeing Sylvie, man, in that McDonald's made me think of so many things. You know, you guys eat McDonald's now. What? What? what did let, you let, hold on. No, let him cook. Let him cook. Be honest with you. You yeah. guys eat McDonald's now, and you guys don't remember the days when it actually kind of tastes good. When they had, when they had the good ice. When they had the good ice. When they used, when they they used to fry the the, the, the pies. Fr- when they fried the pies, where, the, where the, the the fries were actually fried, not whatever they fried now, like the real fat. Beef fat, you know, yeah. Yeah, that when they were like, used to go ham up in there, used to go up in there, have a birthday party. It was dope. She's working at McDonald's, and that was a happy place then. I don't know how it is now. Sometimes I go into McDonald's now. No diss against McDonald's. If you want to spend money with the Kings, spend money with the Kings. But sometimes, like, you're going to McDonald's now, and you're like, I don't know if I should do this. But, like, it, it, back in the clutch, you know, McDonald's used to be a situation. So to see her in there and knowing that, like, she's in her happy place now, she's back in Oklahoma, or not back in Oklahoma, in the comic books was a big deal, but here it's the first time we're seeing the place. But, you know, said something about her character that she found the simple life something more exhilarating than her life with Loki and all those complex emotions or traveling through time and trying to solve problems. She just I, wants I, to well, I, some- Let me push back a little bit. Okay. She went, she went up in there and like she's thinking she's about to get like, she's like, I just don't want possum. I just don't want rat. I don't want whatever. She's <laughs> right. been on the run. So to her, the first time her like lips touched the Big Mac, she's like, this is better than anything wow. I've ever like. Jesus. What? 
The first time her lips just let, just just, just let him just, just keep going, Charles. Just keep going, Charles. For me, the the funny like the funny thing about that scene for me was you know, it was great to see Loki and Sylvie together, but I was like, why is she still working there? And I just imagine like she ordered the food. Right, and they're like, "All right, that'll be a thirty dollars." And she's like, "I ain't got thirty dollars." So like, "Ah, you well, gotta go." Keep in mind, whoa, whoa, this is like nineteen eighty-five. This is the eighties, so yeah, she probably spent like ten bucks for thirty things. You know, and, and she got and, the employee discount. Well, she wasn't working there when she first got there. I imagine it was like, "Hey, we gonna we gonna sell you the food, but you gotta start washing." Dishes. I want I I want to know, know I mean? like, what did she eat that is just like I need a job here? The French right? fries. If you if you come from the like the fucking Stone Ages. And you eat a French fry for the first fucking time, you would have seen God. Like, come on. Yes, it's facts. Change your life. Loki's been looking for Sylvie. Sylvie's at the McDonald's. She still harbors a lot of ill will towards him because of how they left it. He is desperate to uh, get back to her, not just physically, but emotionally. How did their interplay work uh, during this episode for you guys? Loki's down bad. Like, I couldn't watch it. He's just so... How couldn't you be? He's just so <laughs> You got a mullet now. Honestly, can I, can I reveal something to y'all? Please. And like I, like, I feel really bad saying this. I thought that was a different white woman this entire time. Like, the, the mullet has thrown me off to such a degree. I'm like, is that the same Sylvie? And I had to, like, yes. stare. Like, the My whole time, God. I just saw a mullet, and I just didn't see anything else. I was just like, damn. Talk about cast it. Sylvie. This is some Fresh Prince of Bel-Air shit. It took me this entire time to be like, oh, that's the same white woman. Oh, Fucking mullet, man. Sorry. Um, no, I'm with it. Uh, it. I do feel... I didn't know how it feel when they got back together. Um, but there was no relief. I feel like an ex... You know, when you got to, like, meet your ex for something. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And it's like, obviously, somebody still, you know, got their chest open. It's like, I still love you. But it's like, what do you want, bro? Like, I'm not really trying to be here. I'm just out of here. I'm here because of and it, courtesy. And it's like she, she thinks that she's coming to you, that you're coming to her with, like, an excuse. But you're like, no, for real. Like, the, mm-hmm. the dog misses you or whatever. Like, it's such. <laughs> I mean, also, that ex is him. Which is like also complicated because if he's like, oh, that bitch wasn't shit, da 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 da. It's just kind of like he's hating himself. That's what right. makes it really, really difficult. He can't even, I think Mobius says it. He's just like, yeah, this is a little weird to watch. Which, <laughs> what makes it also, wouldn't Loki then know the perfect way to get Sylvie back? Maybe. But I also think the differences in their characters, um, like I was thinking about this when I was watching it. They're the same, but they're also fundamentally different because of their life experiences, right? Like, so Sylvie is an anarchist. She's been uh, this anomaly for her entire life. Loki, even though he does things in a mischievous way, he's a child and a student of structure. He had structure when he was in the kingdom, not the way that he wanted it. He had structure even when he was trying to do what he was doing with Thanos. Loki has always understood that there are are different levels of power. There are things that you have to do. There's decorum. There's this. There's that. He's always tried to play his own game within the things that were available to him, where she's always existed outside of that stuff. So at the end of last season, when he wants to continue things in a structured way, and she just wants to kill the demon and set the world free, that's their trauma, like, fighting one another. And then they literally have, like, a trauma fight. So when he sees her again, 
I don't know if he was expecting her to have changed, and I don't know if she was expecting him to have changed. It's like there's more trauma between them when they see each other because they're they remind each other of just exactly what they aren't. He even says it to her. He's like, uh, "Give everybody free will, kill the demon, give everybody free will, and just turn your back." And she's like, "Yeah, he that doesn't work for him." It's it's a like they have a fundamental difference in like what they set out to do from the jump, right? When she, when they go back to the uh, the end of time in season one, she's like, I'm going to kill this guy. This was my whole thing was to show the TVA. I kill this guy. That's it, right? Even if Loki, dis- even Loki disagree with her, but no matter what, he's still, like he can't get home, right? He still has things to do in, in the TVA. So he's like, yo, hey, you might've like ended time, but you might've done what you needed to do, but- there's still like millions of billions of people in on all these sacred, all these timelines, all these branch timelines that also need help, mm-hmm. right? And it's and it's the prevention of Kang that like really sent him reeling because because he genuinely like can grasp the gravity of that situation from the finale of season one. And she's and, like, eh. and she and she either doesn't care or can't possibly understand. Well, she's never, that, she's, ne- she's never, she's never had those connections. She never exactly. got a chance to have those relationships mm-hmm. with. Well, isn't right? the subtext of this episode where, like, of course, you could look at the McDonald's and be like, "Oh, that's product placement," which it has been, but also like, the thing that Sylvie doesn't have yet, which she now does, is what Loki got in season one. The TVA gave him a certain type of structure that McDonald's is. Like, that's why she cares, in my opinion about all of these branch timelines getting destroyed. It's why she goes back to this place. She finally has a place where people accept her. Like the little manager. Absolutely. Like she still, she finally has that thing that even though it's not on the grand scale of saving time, this obviously makes her happy. She, it gives her something to get up in the day. And we're like, oh, it's McDonald's. But like watching this episode, I'm like, oh, she's where season one Loki was. She finally found a place that where she fits. Right. Remember at the end of the the cutscene when we first see her, well, second time we saw her, we saw her earlier in the episode, um, when he asks her what she wants and she looks around and what she sees are people living their lives and interacting with each other. And then she says, I want everything. So like Sylvie is looking to be human and to have those, those connections and to foster those connections. Um, and she thinks the way to do it is to stay there and never leave. Whereas Loki knows that all of those connections um, and all of those lives are in danger unless they solve this grand problem. Because remember, he's been tasked with solving grand problems or creating grand problems for his whole life. You have this big complex Loki, this Loki that wants to be a little bit more simple. That's why when they come together and they get cracking again, like the through line between those two characters is still the thing that grounds the show. Even though my man, my man X Five man Brad Wolf man was was he put up some numbers in this motherfucker, bro? Dog, dog. He, he put up some numbers in this motherfucker. It is duffel bag. First, first, first interrogation scene. Let's just go to that because I think that was incredible. Uh, his, uh, like the utmost confidence around everybody in that room. And it's not even so much that he has leverage or uh, power over them. It's more of the fact that, like, he has moral 
uh, superiority over all of them. Like he knows that he's in the right, so he wouldn't ever stoop so low as to helping them. And it's that pride that's just like, oh, great, you don't even work here, so you should shut up. Uh, like that, like it's an incredible performance. This guy's great. I he, mean, uh, he was a dick, but he wasn't wrong. Like the way he was talking, I was just like, all right, like you're an asshole, but technically there's no, like if we're being real, why the fuck should he listen to any of them? These are not his bosses. Like they are like, they've just kidnapped him and they're just like, hey, you should still follow the rules of this organization. That- yeah, whatever. You're not my mom who I was well, almost kissing in the last episode. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. So Charles likes him because although he's a dick, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> Reminds me of somebody I know. Yo! Wow. What is with you today? What the fuck did I do? You just mad. You just mad. Nah, nah, nah I'm not mad. I'm, I'm, been... take, I'm, I'm taking up for my people. I'm taking up for my people. You know, you know, you know who reached out on on you know who reached out earlier to get at Charles. I'm not gonna bring it up. There's some people out there that's not happy with Charles. I'm getting, I'm taking up for my people. You know, Charles. Charles pissing off some pretty important people in music. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> man, fuck out of here. I ain't scared nobody. So, <laughs> so he did bar him up, though. He did bar him up. He was like, Yo, he, did. he definitely did. You, you a villain. Look at you, my boy. Like, I know your background. I'm familiar with your game. Who you talking? Talking about the mother? Stepped over the line. You, can, you can't do that. You, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a little... Ah, that's why Loki had a lot of fun... You know, are you um, guys doing that thing? Joking? He kind of can't. These these characters kidnap this man. They didn't got no jurisdiction, no fucking nothing. They kidnap him and then they essentially, I don't temporarily waterboard him. Like I, I don't know if <laughs> First I. First of you all, know what I'm saying like at a certain point, I was just like, dog. Like, am I? Are these the heroes? <laughs> am I? Am I a sicko for thinking that Disney's still rocking the kid gloves with that scene? I was like, you could break like one bone in that uh, box. Well, like, come on, Steve. Well, what kind of what kind of? Yeah, I'm gonna give me too much hey, Gen V. Give me too much Gen That's V. That's fair. Brother. I haven't watched a lot of Gen V. <laughs> nah, you want fucking Loki to be a fucking lioness, a special ops lioness? But, oh, <laughs> people are going nuts that in that show. I got that a lioness. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what we need? We need the Logan Roy drop. We need the, are you a sicko? I want that drop. <laughs> we need that drop. How would, wait, need whoa, whoa, let's ask Steve, how would you have liked them to torture my man? Great question. Well, no, Chuck. it's not that. I just like, no, I no, felt no, like Loki was away. about don't to go away. a little bit farther. To the table. What would have been the best way to torture information out of this man? <laughs> I don't know. Bring in that, like, I don't know, Dr. Seuss vacuum that makes a, giant cube is pretty cool like yeah. I, I, i'm not gonna what lie I would, I would just start like fucking what do they call it when they like use the little bat like cattle prod to get him out of time could you just do that to like one finger you know that's what, what i would th- like yeah. just like prune like fingers like prune one finger after another and be like i could keep going all fucking day oh my god and parts of him show up back on the timeline yeah, I think it, y'all trying to kill this motherfucker. Steve, yes. like, you like, Steve, like, torture. Steve, are you the gimp from Pulp Fiction? Y'all know <laughs> Steve in that costume? That's okay. not a... What? That's Be sure what, to tune to the live show. Right, the gimp from... To- what, what's wrong? Like, oh, you gonna... You gonna... Uh, bruh, Steve, if you pop up like the gimp from Pulp Fiction... <laughs> and he then, has oh, to do it so now, funny, bro. I'm giving that a tuck. I'm not gonna Whoa. tell. So if you pop up from the game, Ben Lindbergh could be uh Zed. 
<laughs> like Ben Lindbergh could be Zed. Do we have another white boy? We don't have another white boy, do we? So Ben Lindbergh could be Zed. You could be the Gimp, and then Jomi could be the other guy that was watching. No, <laughs> no, stop writing the live show before I'm it happens, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna decline that invitation. Uh, appreciate Jeez. it. So you know, I, I, I enjoyed the interrogation, the interrogation scene because once again, it's. It's putting them somebody through something that we haven't really seen before. If there was a weak part of the episode, um, and to me, if there's a weak part of the Loki show, it's the action. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. the end of the episode, that action scene, it just it it does it doesn't it's not bad enough for it to be a real nitpick. But if you had to nitpick, and we have to, um, the action there isn't necessarily something that's very thrilling. You know, it's the you, only you, thing that feels forced about right. the show. It, right. Like you're just throwing like Hadouken fireballs at people while you're trying to shut the thing down. And like I, I get it. Like that's like a the the equivalent of like a rogue uh cell of the TVA just bombing timelines. Hmm. Although I will say this, it was cool to see Loki back in his full on magic bag again. In the beginning, oh, yes. In the, in the, yeah, the beginning. beginning. Top of the episode, yeah. That was great. Top the of top the of the episode's action was excellent because it was just a foot chase and then he just like projected like a million copies out into the world and then the like the shadows get, got horns and grabbed him. Like, that's cool. They gotta, that's they great. They got to tell me what Loki can do because I always be confused because I'm just like, just how, yada, powerful, yada magic. <laughs> how powerful is he now? I mean, he's pretty powerful. Like, how he's powerful a god. is his magic now? He's a god. I mean... This is something that you kind of just got to let go of. Like. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not bad at it. I just really was wondering. Like, this episode, I'm like, what can he still do? Because it's like, because it's like, Loki is an Asgardian. So, technically, he should be picking these motherfuckers up and throwing them across the, you know, it, it's like, yeah. but, so that's kind of something that they, he doesn't even use the magic that much if that I can remember in season one. So seeing him use his magic and do all of that stuff was actually was actually kind of awesome for me because there's a lot of kicking and punching and all kinds of stuff going on there. So um it was dope. It was dope. It's fantastic. Look, episode really worked. Uh Miss Minutes, Renslayer, what's going on? Uh what's gonna happen? OB's got a whole big job back at the TVA, uh, Steve. I mean, spoilers for the trailer that would have come out for Loki season two. We will be seeing Ravona in some sort of uh, like Victor Timely uh, timeline and like what looks like sort of like 1800s sort of turn of the century type of garb. Uh, we're going to be tracking her down for sure. I'm interested to see what the concept of Mitz Minutes is and how the show attempts to illustrate it like we've like they've the show has said she's an ai but miss minutes herself has also said that like i'm a bit more than that and i like the idea that somehow the uh, the beginnings of miss minutes or some sort of like early form of miss minutes has been like invented by victor timely or ravona and that there's this like idea of like a uh, like a cyclical loop that we're all on and how she's tied into kang with all of this, uh, is going to be very fascinating. What would y'all do if Miss Minutes was like 
out there fucking white vision. Like that's where like white vision oh my has been. Jesus this entire Christ. Now, what? how did you how did you get like, from where did there? that come from? Where did because you pull like, that from? When he reminded me that she was like, I'm something white more. Vision? I'm just like, what if she just like has like a whole Miss Minutes body and she's white a clock, just like, Charles. What in the world. So she can't have genitalia? I'm gonna be honest get with the- you. That that really did come out of nowhere, Charles. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what I was thinking the entire time. She was talking. Charles, it's, no, it's absolutely no one. Charles Holmes. Who do you think Miss Minutes is fucking? What? Why? Why? Vision is just out vision? there, and he's like he's like looking for like somebody to cuddle because he's like going through it. And I'm just thinking like Miss Minutes, like she would understand him. She's an AI. They got the whole technology back. Y'all think I'm insane for thinking this? Yeah. Yes. Where, where did? White Vision was nowhere in this conversation. <laughs> no, because I've been wondering where he is, and I was thinking of the eligible bachelors that are no. in the fucking MCU, and I'm like, yo, Jesus White Christ. Vision's out there fucking around, like, and they're both what kind other of machines. Yes, I mean that's true. You know, there's not a lot of robots for her to choose from. Is White Vision? Ultron's dead. Jarvis. There's not a lot of people. Well, uh, Jarvis. Wait, you know, no, that is Vision. Vision. That is Vision. Yeah. Oh wait, um, yeah. Here's what you know, I'll say, stop though. putting stop getting us on board with this conversation, Charles. No, here's Sorry. The, I was about to jump into it. What's interesting is so we we have that scene with OB, um, our guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh B15 and homie Casey. Eugene Cordero. Casey. Uh shout out to Eugene Cordero, Star Trek Lower Decks, awesome guy. Um, and you know, I thought it was a fun scene. He's like, Casey's a huge fan of OB, but also OB's like, hey. We can't fix the temporal loom because we need the creator's temporal aura, which is who who remains, who, I don't know if you guys know this, is super duper dead, right? And so we need Miss Minutes is going to have to override the lock, right? Mm -hmm. So do you guys think when they're going, are they actually going after uh, Ravona Renslayer? Is like, hey. They have to. They have to. They have to find. It's the only lead. Yeah. But 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 like, but she is, do they go after her and like, Come back and like, hey, we need like they need Miss Minutes, right? They well, also yeah, like, they, they have too. to compel them, or either maybe they go to an earlier version and get a different version of Miss. Min- I'm not sure, but they've set it up to where now that has to carry the narrative of the show for the next episode, episode or two, or or something. That's going that's going to be the thing. I only ask because Casey was like Miss Minutes, like Ravona got help from Miss Minutes. So right. like they're clearly in tandem. So just like, do you like, is it a twofer? Is it a twofer? Or are you just like, we get one, we keep it pushing. Is my or question. maybe you get one and compel one to help you with the other one or vice maybe, versa yeah. or whatever. Uh, I will say this. I feel like in the casting of Jonathan Majors as Kang and all of his variants, the only thing they really didn't think about was Victor Timely. Because let's say it's like, I don't know, 1902. Right. And this black oh, guy. Right. Well, just listen. This black guy says, I'm the smartest guy in this town and I haven't been in a time machine. Oh, you say you're being a time machine, boy? <laughs> huh? That's good to hear, nigga. Yeah. We got to stop recording this late. We gotta that's, that's, that's good to hear, nigga. Why don't you take your time machine and bend ass back there and get me a sandwich? Like, there's not going to, it's not going to. When I, th- when I saw that, I was thinking they, they wasn't trying to hear no science from, I mean, he might be able to invent like Madam C.J. Well, Walker what if invented this, some on stuff. On this branch timeline, what if there was no slavery? Good, maybe not. I mean, a lot of shit would change. We got to see 
And that's why <laughs> if there was no slavery and we was just here chilling, at the time we got to think of us. Forget Ooh. about you and a Renslayer, bro. Think we could be balling, man. It would be so dope. We would own like four wait. Didn't NFL we have this teams. conversation in the in, like at the end of Loki season one where they're like, Maybe. what? What is the like? Why was he keeping the sacred timeline like that? Yeah. Why you don't want us to have it again, Steve? Does it? Threaten I you? didn't say to take that. a wow. 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 You don't want to say, oh, didn't we already talk wow. about this? No. We already, like, we all, we already talked about it. Damn, no, we see. Slavery, not I Steve. saw memes. Yeah, no, Steve. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Josh, yeah, we don't have to talk about that, guys. We know how things really went. Ha ha, to the victor goes the spoils. <laughs> That's not what I said at all. <laughs> That's not what I said at all. <laughs> You're just lying. Can y'all be nice to Steve for one fucking episode? No, I can't. That was a spot on impression to me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Do we we, um, we miss anything? I don't feel like we did. Nah, we Um, got got everything. We got everything. Um, uh, Great momentum for the show. We're in a great spot. Mm -hmm. We're we're back to a semi- unbranched timeline which probably will uh, simplify the narrative a little bit I will say this I do think that a lot of people watching the show that's going to be a controversial decision to to have pruned all those timelines like that a lot of people are going to be like oh, why'd they do that they kind of took the easy way out well, we'll, it'll be interesting to see what people think this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube cars can be a big investment so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, that's Loki Season 2, Episode 2. Let's give you a little nerd news. Chuck, go ahead and take this away. I know this tickles your fancy a little bit. <laughs> tickles his fancy. Oh, man. I'm charged up. Hell fucking yeah. All right, <laughs> so Daredevil, born again. Uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, there's been a little, little shakeup. Uh, Kevin Feige reportedly got back some of the filming. From the, it seemed like they did a little less than half. This was supposed to be 18 episodes. Foggy didn't like what he was seeing. Head writers and directors were let go. 
The plot was scrapped. Essentially, they were saying it was like a legal procedural, but Matt doesn't show up in the Daredevil costume until episode four. And later in this, they basically get into this essentially new regime for Marvel where now they're going to have showrunners. The showrunners need to write pilots. There's going to be show Bibles in the past. It would just be a show. They would go off and spend $150 million and make it. A lot of people in the WGA have very smartly pointed out a lot of this is most likely having to do with the ratified contract. Um, Because before, there was no showrunners. You were just a head writer. And even if you were a head writer, you did not get to come back during post-production. Want to ask you then, how do you feel about this Daredevil Born Again shakeup? Well... I think it's interesting. I know that a lot of people have already put a lot of work on the show, but shout out to them. I I just really want to quickly like. I would have loved to see the show that everybody was working on. Never want to see people lose their jobs. Like, much respect to everybody. Like, it sucks when that happens. Anyway, then, um, I'm interested to see what this new sense of uh, traditional television structure does for MCU television. I think it was a very easy way to make the movies the way that they were making them. And uh, if you read Joanna's book, her fantastic book. Okay. Out right now. Out right now. Go grab it. That's right. They can hardly keep them in the motherfucking stores. Joanna King is her new name because she's just writing bestsellers. Joanna King. Mm -hmm. Um, If you read that book, you'll see a little bit about, you know, Marvel's filmmaking process and, how it really emanates from Kevin, his sensibility and his grand scheme uh, of what he wants to do in terms of you know the universe. And television is just a little bit harder to do that. The budgets are smaller. You don't have as much money to play around with and post to go back and fix mistakes that you've made. Uh, you need to be a little bit more buttoned up going into the whole thing. And just the structure of television, even though there's no commercials on Disney+, Plus, it's just different. And I think they thought that they could reinvent the wheel. And I think the wheel kind of reinvented them a little bit. And so now they're going back to a traditional way of doing things. Now, will that mean that we get cookie cutter shows from the MCU on television going forward? Maybe who knows? But this one seemed like it was something that needed to be more akin to what we've already gotten from this character on Netflix which was a fantastic show. I know, Charles, you try to hate, but it was great. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just said there's probably a season and a half that was very, very good. I did not like that third season. Y'all are wrong. Okay, I get it. Um, but but I liked it. I, I liked it. I liked Daredevil. Kalika loves it. It's really, it might be her favorite show. But so I say all that to say, <clears throat> I think it's a positive thing. Uh, I think it's a positive thing. I think it's a positive thing. I also think that they didn't have very much choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, yeah, they I mean, that's that's also kind of the other kind of subtext of the article. But I think, I think Marvel knows that they're in trouble just in terms of like the fatigue. And I think that if Kevin Feige is willing to, hey, it sucks that it's happening to Blade reportedly, it's happening to Daredevil, but I would much rather them stop something and get it right. Um, then keep going down this path because just the Marvel TV shows have not been that good. Uh, they've been very all over the place. And if it takes them 
slowing down to get the story right, like, why am I going to complain about that? Yeah. Yeah, man, boys, what you got? I mean, man, they're going back to, you know, traditional television uh, structures, longer episodes. Don't. Um, I think I think Show the me. article. No, hold on. The article specifically mentions having more episodes to get to learn the characters more and uh, actually feel for them. So uh, all I'm just going to say is um, the agenda lives, ladies and gentlemen. We're here, baby. You know what Don't I'm saying? Say it. Don't say it. Fucking Jomi. Jomi. Agents of Shield agenda lives, baby. I gotta, be, I gotta be, cu- I gotta be cutting mics at, at this point. I don't understand why mm. this has, what this has to do with Agents of Shield. I mean, so I here's here's what I think happened. This is like legitimately factually happened. So I had that piece I wrote like two weeks ago, right about Agents of Shield and it's a ten year anniversary and how you know the Marvel shows could could you know take some notes. Ranger Shield, and then we get this news. All I'm saying is, you know, Kevin Feige, big fan, clearly a big fan, because he's locked in on what we got to start doing. To to kick off my talk, but I think Kevin Feige's a bigger fan of you know getting uh, WGA and SAG deals done and wanting a bit more of an enforced structure that if we can see, you know, the most recent wave of MCU TV product has been a bit lacking. And I think that this type of structure and this type of uh, attitude towards making something that's more akin to conventional television with the enforcement of a new WGA and soon to be, uh, you know, SAG deal, that's going to be something that obviously is going to be more worthwhile because all the people, all those creatives that are below the line are going to have a way of structure to enforce that their product is actually better or at least made in a way that is more conductive to creative fulfillment. And all, I think that's a better, better deal for all of us. Yeah. In all seriousness though, like the article is very much like, yeah, like the miniseries stuff isn't working. People aren't really connecting with these characters like this. And you, you know, with, with multiple seasons, with, you know, however many episodes they want to do, like going back to the original, like the structure of how television used to go would absolutely do wonders you know, we're talking about Loki season two right now and how things have changed from season one to season two. And I think that's just, that makes for a much better product. We're able to care for these characters longer and have them interact. And you can be like, oh, there's change. Like the six episode structure is just not working. For the only reason stuff. why, it, the only reason why it ever worked, the only reason why it ever worked was because we already knew the characters. Yeah. So yeah. the only reason why it ever worked, it worked with WandaVision. If we didn't need any origin with them, with other characters, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Loki, yeah. like Loki, whenever we've really had to like get to know a new character, it's just not enough. Right? It's not, it's it's really not. And so with with this, this is a character that we, of course we already know, but it's not somebody that leans it's the Daredevil is not a character that lends himself to these gigantic sweeping epics through time. You need to get into the nuts and bolts of what Daredevil and Foggy are doing. Um, and you need like one and two off episodes where they, they're just uh, fucking defending people and getting into different adventures around Hell's Kitchen and all of that stuff. So it's, they got to do it a different way. And avocados, yeah. No, I mean, one of the things that I think, I don't know if this is verified or anything, but they were saying, like, part of why the show 
he's like the show was the way it was is because Karen and Foggy got murdered off at episode one and it put Daredevil in kind of a like a little little thing and that's why they weren't in the show. I'm curious to find out like would that have worked for you guys? Absolutely like, not. What are you talking about? No, I kill, think if, you need Foggy in this show. Like if I, you're like, gonna I, kill both both of them, see don't do the dumb shit, nigga. You know, like it's like if you come on, bro. Like you know that takes your that takes your margin of error down so it's like so thin if you do something like that, man. Do you think Do you think She Hulk had anything to do with just the like they tried kind of to do a legal show like in the MCU comedy style? And if this was also going to be a legal procedural, do you think they're like? To do it, like, if we're going to be real, people act like legal procedurals are easy to do. They're not. Like, most of them are. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you think part of them are like, we're trying to reinvent the fucking Daredevil wheel and, like, motherfuckers, like, saw, had three seasons of the Netflix shit. Like, we kind of have to, like, because here's the other thing. If they piss off both the MCU audience and the Netflix audience, then you, like, you lose two times. And I think Mm -hmm. that might be also something that they thought the MCU brand could kind of carry them over that home. I mean, look, it's like it's it's clear that that structure wasn't working that well in the past because, you know, the the wheels are kind of falling off a little bit. Uh, like Loki notwithstanding, with a couple of the things that Marvel's been putting out. Some of the stuff that like I, like knowing that like Daredevil was just clearly not working, like I don't know if the dailies or like with those first four episodes were in the can and they're just like I we don't have this guys. We just ratified a new deal. We've got this whole new structure that we got to implement anyway. Just scrap it and we'll start from square one again. Yeah. Because we got to get this right. We got to get all these things right. Blade is hanging by a thread, if that. Like, we don't like we don't know what the future holds for Marvel. We Man, truly they, don't. They, they, they say they put this nigga Blade in the 1920s. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> they, they're doing it in the 1920s. Blade going to have to fight Wait, are, wait no, is this racism. like a rumor that's going around? Are you being serious? Bruh, I see. It sees it comes out. Blade's going to be set partly in the 1920s and partly in present day. Oh. Blade going to be running from the clan, bro. They just won't <laughs> let us leave it alone, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. And first of all, yeah. first of all, first of all, first of all, if Blade is in the 1920s and he's full on Blade, I'm going to have problems with Blade because I'm going to be like, why ain't gonna help the people in Tulsa? It's like we needed Blade. So, so what? Like, so what? I'm just being for real. So yeah. when you put people in those situations, I start to go, how come Blade didn't? You know, how come you didn't help Dr. King? Think about what the civil rights movement would have been like if we'd have had a Blade. If we'd have had like a Blade, <laughs> I'll tell you, nineteen, <laughs> bro, think, bro, think about it. Yeah. Hold on, hey, bro, do some real quick. Hold on, right, man. Bro, if we'd have had a Blade. From a 1920s on, bruh. Think about know. how different shit would have been, bro. Yo, bruh. can you imagine if, like, Blade, like, like when he walks into the club in the fucking first movie, can you imagine if he just did that shit at a clan rally? That shit would oh be fucking... Oh, my God. No, wait, epic, wait, bro. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh I'd be God. jumping out of my seat in the theater like, hell, fucking yeah, let's go, Blade. Kill him all. What if the music... So it's like the music that they're playing at the Blood Rave is like the Charleston... Or whatever. Okay, I'm glad you can. Okay, it's good. <laughs> what? I was wondering where you were gonna go. Oh, <laughs> you thought I was saying something crazy? I'm not sure. What I didn't know what was gonna happen. It was good. It worked can we out. Please go to the next nerd dude. I just, I just kind of feel up. like if Blade was in the six, if Blade was in there and doing his thing, I kind of feel like white people would have been a little harder. You know, and be like, I don't know. 
They got this. Nah, this, man. They got, nah. They got this, they got this nah, boy out bro. here. All you need, look, we got to move to the Marvels, but look, all you need is a couple stories of a nigga with a sword who can jump <laughs> over a skyscraper. That's <laughs> Because they never know which one. You know what I mean? Like, you say, it's like, like all you need exactly. is a couple of They don't know which one. They're just going to oh, be like, oh, it'd also be so, like, can you imagine if, like, Blade started going to all the plantations and just been give all the, like, all the slaves the same haircut? He gives them all sunglasses. He's just you like, never Yo. know. You have no clue. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, damn, we don't know who is Blade. Don't know like, Blade. You, you never know when you might get fucked over. Like, Blade should jump over the... Ah, <laughs> Ah, okay, okay, let's go. All right, uh, the Marvels is tracking for a fifty or seventy-five million dollar domestic opening, according to Box Office Pro. Yes, uh, according to Box Office Pro, you you shared this with us in the group chat. Then you're the closest to Hollywood of all of us. Can you tell the viewers what this means? Uh, this means that nobody's fucking with the movie. That means that they've like analyzed a bunch of different metrics. And you guys, I can tell you something. These numbers are very rarely wrong. Um, and I'll tell you something. 75 would be embarrassing. 50 would be an abject disaster. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like 75 would be embarrassing for the sequel to the movie that made a billion dollars, albeit in a different time, to have a $75 million opening when it's a sequel. That's embarrassing. Between 50 and $60 million, people lose their jobs over that type of shit. 50 for that movie? That's a huge stinker. I, I, like, I'd be surprised if they were wrong, but Marvel's got to be hoping that they're wrong. Or if not, and it's, it's influenced by a lot of things, these stars aren't allowed to promote these, to, to promote these movies. You're not going to see a ton of Brie Larson around uh, or you know the other co-stars of the movie they're promoting it out there, so there's probably a lot of things that are going into this. But this would be an op- a fifty million dollar opening would be the single greatest failure that Marvel has had. Can you guys guess what the budget was? I'm on Forbes now for the Marvels. I'm gonna say probably plus two, re- two plus reshoots. Yeah. So it's a. I'm reading here. Disney has revealed that it spent more than two hundred and seventy million on making the oh, Marvels. That's crazy. Oh, Jesus. Here's what. Here's what I. Here's here's what sucks about this. Because I want this movie to be good. We all want this movie to be good. We want to have a good time and enjoy this and tell everybody else on this podcast how great of a movie was and hope that they see it. What I don't want is for all those things to be right and the bad faith people in cells win the discourse of the time. That's what's going to suck about this. This is why I'm like really dreading the time that this movie comes out because it's going to get the waters are going to get muddied by all of those bad faith arguments. Oh, it's because of the blah, 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 that this failed or all that stuff when you can't actually have an open and honest conversation about this. That's why I'm like really dreading the news that's coming out about Oh, it's, that. it's that, about to be bad. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Here's the thing. It's just like, it is. Like, I hate, I hate to say it, but seeing that tracking, if it I does- I desperately it, don't want it to be true. I, I don't same. want it to be true. I do not want to have to live through it, but it is going to be very- uh, in Selly on the interwebs uh, if this thing does not do well. I mean, this is my other question. I think a lot of, I can already see at Disney, they're like, well, you know, with all of the strikes, no one can promote it. This is very star dependent. We can't get three of our stars out there. 
do we even think that this would have been tracking better if they could have had the actors promoting it? Because I don't like, I think it would make more money. I don't know if it would make a potential 75 million grosser, a 150 million grosser. Like this has more, this is more than just. I mean, it's a just, factor for sure. It's but a factor, like, it's a factor I don't too. think it's the main factor. It's not a main factor. I, I don't know if there's a ton. It's not, not a factor though. I, I yeah. don't know if there's a ton of interest for the movie and I don't know if there is the same cachet for Marvel that there used to be to where it's like, oh, it's a Marvel movie. That means it's going to be a bona fide hit. Mm-hmm. This is a sequel. So you'd think that if um, the original had done its job and if the characters that are in this movie uh, that come from other properties like WandaVision and Miss Marvel, if they had really resonated with audiences, that you wouldn't have this happening. But the inability to promote the film in a traditional way cannot, cannot be underestimated here. It is a part of it. To what degree? Who knows? Um, But that's another thing, right? There's a a convergence of things that is happening. There's Marvel fatigue. There's the strike. It's it's all together here. Yeah. Um, there. It's also the, when this movie comes out because this movie comes it out. wasn't supposed to be coming out now. This movie no. was supposed. When was the original? July. Date? Yeah, July. this was supposed to be, had been out. I think that's also like the fatigue was bad in July. The fatigue in November, and I'm talking about nerd fatigue. I don't think Ahsoka helped it. I think the Star Wars MCU crossover is real. And I just think fatigue for these big IP movies in general is at an all-time high. So I think them pushing it back might have done a disservice. Yeah. It's unfortunate, man. Like, yeah. you know, I think, well, we'll see, you know, movie's going to come out, you know, whether it's good or, or bad or whatever. We'll, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll still have to see. But yeah, this is disappointing because you obviously, you know, you want to see, you know, just want good Marvel and, content. You want yeah, you movies. want good Marvel content, but damn. And you, you know, you know. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. Follow us on socials, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Coming up on the feed, Saturday, Jess Clemens brings you splash page Easter eggs on the latest episode of Loki. Make sure you check out Jess. Uh, Monday, Bud Masters back. They're going to revisit Insomniac's Spider-Man in anticipation for the sequel. Jomi can't wait for the sequel. The sequel. They cannot. Um, also on Monday, House of R will be giving you their deep dive on Loki. You can find that on the House of R feed. And we want to thank you guys because the Ring of Earth show is sold out, Daddy. Yeah. We're going on the stage. We're going on the stage. We're going out there. We're going to come out there and do like the, uh, I don't know, we're going to do the jitterbug. We're going to do the, tri- Steve wants us to do the Charleston. Oh, so you were talking about the trial while, while blood rains down from the stage. While blood rains down. Jesus. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, we're very excited about that. The full house of Ringerverse people are going to be there. I'm talking about my friend Joe, Mal, all the Midnight Boys, Blood Mashers, uh, Splash Pagers, Ben, Jess. We're all there. Everyone's there. The Men Boys. Smack. Everyone's there. Can't wait to see you guys. All right, we're, we're done. Our producer is Steve, the architect, Almond, and Jomi. A dinner on his own socials. Hashtag Sleep Lord Jomi. Ooh, that's Jomi. Additional production from Arjuna Ramgapal. Charles, take us out. 48 oysters are crazy. Can the Marvels be saved? And if Kang traveled back in time, he'd see Wade freeing the slaves. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Everybody has oh. a job. I like Cake Boss. <laughs> that was I good like, television for bro, a long I time. Like, great, I was great great Cake Boss. Bro, I, was I, like, you, bro. I, I was like with it. the Cake Boss. I ain't bro. never been a Hoboken, but I was like, maybe. So my you know. thing, my thing with the Cake Boss was that the Cake Boss would make these cakes, and they were they were almost inedible at how extravagant they were. Yeah. We're gonna put this guy's whole little league team. I fondant on the cake. I'd be like, cake like boss. the pit my rider cakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um, like but, there's, this isn't a practical cake anyway. Uh, we are setting a record for getting off the. <laughs> Sorry, the the subject. Man, oh, did you like this episode? Wait, I did wait, like it. Wait. I did like the episode. Wait. Time out. Time we, out. We got to get back to it. What no, no, no. I'm so sorry. So you brought up cake boss. Okay. Don't Google what happened to Cake Boss. I know what happened. Oh, we already know what happened to Cake Boss. What happened to Cake Boss? I'm just finding this out. We don't need to talk about what happened to Cake Boss. We don't need to talk about what happened to Cake Boss. Cake Boss star Buddy Velastro's long journey to recovery is almost complete after his hand was repeatedly impaled in a freak bowling accident three years ago. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah, fucked up. Happens. Damn, fucking up my night, Jomi. God, damn. It's, it's like make cakes, man. Tough. Cake, it's a Who do tough you think you are? I am. Come hey, on. praying for you, buddy, man. Hope you get better. Shout out to you, buddy. Um, I did like this episode. Uh, <laughs> okay. See, guys, we gotta get. We're back. a little loose at night. Well, Give us a break. A little, a little bit loose. I love night. it. I love but, it. Like, I do really. I really. My heart does really go out to the cake boss. I'm not saying that that's not. <laughs> so but, but we have to talk about the show. 